Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the College Football Inquirer with Dan Wetzel. And if you think that that nice guy in the blazer is on your side, well, you just don't see his beach house in Destin. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that thing didn't pay for itself. Pete Thamel. When you have to predict who's going to get in a bowl game, <laughs> always bet on corruption. Yes. Corruption will always win. <laughs> With SI's Pat Forty. Yeah, it's the UPI National Championship that they would bestow <laughs> before <laughs> the bowl games were played. Yeah. Here's Pat, Pete, and Dan. Uh, welcome to the pod. COVID's back. The bowl season is rocked. Failing teams are protocoling, teams are scrambling. <laughs> we have no Here idea. Here we go again. AM is out of the Gator Bowl, and every five and seven team that they can, they can get a group chain text chain going is trying to figure out. <laughs> yeah, the Gator Bowl is texting people you up late at night, booty calls. There's some there's some teams that are play yeah, bowls that are trying right. to get in too. Double bowling, That's a new one. double bowling. Yeah, yeah, play two. Our friend that texts in all caps <laughs> has to be one. No, uh, Brady Hoke, who endearingly always texts in all caps, is not. Coastal, uh, coastal, coastal Carolina coastal. and Northern Illinois are are the early contenders. We're taping this Wednesday night at six, so there will be some certainly some. <laughs> corruption that allows Shad Khan to buy Illinois a spot in the bowl. Because when you have to predict who's going to get in a bowl game, always bet on corruption. Yes. Corruption will always win. Money and corruption leave with their nose alum, with the It's bowls. his stadium, right? So, uh, sure. Yep. It's, uh, we got no idea what the hell's going on, and neither does anybody else. So welcome to the pod. Exactly. <laughs> We're all walking blindly in this together. I think Coastal would just play every day. There you go. The mullets don't get tired. They They're ready to go. They're going. Sandlot, baby. They're going. Yeah. I don't. I mean, What was knows? Grayson McCall's? I, I pissed teal. Yes. Is that what he said? <laughs> I meant it when I said it. I pissed teal. I mean, unbelievable. The Coastal quarterback who announced he will be back. Apparently could be back sooner than, than not. <laughs> yeah, could be back in a week. Yeah. <laughs> just. I mean, the bowl season has taken it's got it's always been farcical. It's they've now lost all of the like charms of like when they used to pretend it was this big thing. And and now it's just a total it's total chaos. Um, the idea that someone could play two bowl games in one year is pretty good. <laughs> Extra bowl swag. Um, 
I've got teams saying they're worried their game's going to get canceled. I talked to a guy today. He's like, you know, on our thing, we're on the hook for the tickets and the hotel rooms anyway. Even if the game gets canceled, I'm like, oh, that's poor lawyering by you. You got ticket ski masks by the bowl committee. Yep. Why would you get into an agreement with the bowl committee and not read the fine print? What is the force majeure? Is that the term we learned? Yeah, well, remember the the, the Nebraska-Akron contract that was like yeah. insurrection, uh, yep. act <laughs> of God. Yeah. But they didn't have her, uh, tornadoes. They did not right? have tornadoes. That's what got, that's what got them. Yeah, a- anything can go down here. And if you think that that nice guy in the blazer is on your side, well, no. you just don't see his beach house in Destin. <laughs> <laughs> that thing didn't pay for itself by being nice to the teams. Oh hell yeah! Your your entire marching band that's paying three hundred and fifteen dollars a night at the Holiday Inn, the Roadway Motel. Even though you can get a, can walk up right now and get a room for eighty four ninety nine. Yeah, you're paying. His his collective golf clubs uh, are worth more than my four hundred one k. I'm on the bowl guys at this point. I'm I'm on their side. I mean, if you. It's like, I thought I bought, I I saw this ad online. The guy was going to ship me a brand new BMW. Turns out it wasn't, you know, for only 8,000. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Give me that dumb. You're going to get taken by these guys. You are going to get taken. They're not good people. I wish the audience could see Dan's face because when he gets a chance to talk about bull cluster bombs, it does brighten his outlook. It does. It does. I love it. I love it. Sun Bowl, who knows? Miami, maybe having an outbreak. I, honestly, I, I think like a couple of these teams that really don't want to be there, like you're, you know, they're like getting together and like in a small room singing <laughs> choir together and, like, you know, <laughs> breathing on each other. Well, it's <laughs> not even that difficult. Like yeah, no. they're just testing. Nobody's yeah. testing. So teams are majority vaccinated, so you don't have to test. And if you want to get out of it, you just start testing. Mm, like it's not hard. Someone will have if it. You don't then, want yeah. to play and you test the way the this variant is spreading. All you have to do is test. If they tested all teams, like we'd have no bull. It's pretty much what happened to the the NHL and the NBA. Yeah. Now they're not. Te- and the NFL is like, yeah, we're not testing anymore uh, unless we absolutely must. Um, obviously, we have the big the big dog. Uh, the college football playoff announced their COVID nineteen postseason postseason policies. This isn't. This does not. Uh, bode well. Uh, the most in, in the Fiesta and Peach Bowls, I guess those are just the side games. We don't care about that. Playoff semifinals, Cotton and Orange. If one team is unavailable to play, the unavailable team shall forfeit the game and the opponent would advance the national championship game. Playoff semifinals. If both teams are unable to play in one semifinal, the semifinal would be declared a no contest and the team winning the other semifinal would be declared college football playoff national champion just like that yeah there you go boom however playoff semifinal if three teams are unavailable to play the semifinal game in which the two teams are unable unable to play would be declared a no contest the other semifinal game the team unable to play shall forfeit the game and its opponent would be declared college football national champion we're back to like 1948 (laughs) (laughs) you don't even have to play the game no Take the train to the Rose yeah. Bowl. It's like, yeah, it's the UPI national championship that they would bestow <laughs> yeah. before the bowl games were played. Yeah, Cincinnati 
has a clear path here now. <laughs> I do. I'm I, like, I, I want the games, obviously. But there would be some cackling if it somehow turned out. Like, if it's all going to go to hell anyway, I don't know. This isn't, this just isn't, things aren't really trending well for us here. But if Cincinnati somehow is the national champion, oh, God. We also have, let's see, if a team's unavailability is determined after the playoff semifinals have been conducted, the national championship game in Indianapolis may be rescheduled to no later than Friday, January 14th. If one is able to play, the other is not. The game cannot be rescheduled or is rescheduled. It cannot be played. Then the team unable to play shall forfeit the game and the other team should be declared CFP national champion. If both teams are unable to play on either an original or rescheduled date, then the game should be declared a no contest and the CFP national championship shall be vacated for this season. Could have a split champ. (laughs) There we go. We'd have an AP champ and a coaches champ. Oh, boy. That would be That's the throwback right there. Why only January 14th? I, who knows? That'd be my question. It's like, we got to pay an extra. This like, is still college sports. They make it up as they go along. Yeah. Why, yeah, like, why four like, days that, later? That has all the, they, yeah. I mean, that's just, it might as well be like a fortune cookie. Yeah, like, like, that's how much that Lucas means. Oil like, might have like a cheerleader competition or battle of the bands. Yeah, no, you know, it's on like, the 15th we got to pay an extra 16th. 10 grand. Yeah. We got to pay an extra 10 <laughs> grand on cancellation fee. We ain't paying that. So let's just have no champ. Yeah, we'll take the hotel money and run. Uh, I don't get the Jan 14th bit. Like, why not? Like, what? If you got the national championship on the line, these kids will be more than happy to wait an extra week or two. I mean, I, I like we put we put college football players through too much, all of that, but not for this. Yeah, for the championship, they'll wait it out. Now, I also saw where like the the. Pete, I think you might have had it. I'm not sure where the 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 Peach Bowl is talking about. Like, we'll just push back. Pittsburgh and Michigan State uh, another week if need be. And that's one where the those players might be like, eh, we already have Kenneth Walker opting out and Kenny Pickett opting out. I'm not sure we're hanging around for another week for that. Playoff? Yes. Peach Bowl? Eh. I mean, ultimately, these kids want to play, right? Like, the, the, you know, the Rutgers players want to go play. Sure, the Rutgers the, do. Yeah. You know, yeah, and the, but like, I don't know if <laughs> the Michigan State guys have had a historic season. Like they want to, they want to finish it off. And in that bowl, that bowl means something. You know what I mean? It, it is the, it is the Peach Bowl. Although all these bowls have been so unbelievably, I think, devalued. Now again, yeah. I watch them all. I love them all. But it's just if the players and coaches are not taking them seriously, it's getting harder to take them seriously. It, yeah. Do you guys disagree with no, that? No, I, yeah, I, I agree completely, and that's why I like. Like if I'm a Michigan State player and I'm planning to on going into the draft or whatever, I mean if I'm if I would like to have a week off before the start of the next semester, and you say, now we got to wait an extra week to play the Peach Bowl, I'm gonna be like, eh, do we really have to? Maybe I don't. You know, I don't know. That'd be interesting. I mean, I think you got seniors who want to play one more. I, yeah. I don't know. That'd be that'd be up to certain teams. I just think for the championship, these guys will wait. Yeah. For that, they for absolutely for the for the playoff games, they will for sure. Anything less than the playoff games, though, I, I'm not sure. We'll, we'll I mean, we'll I mean, see. at if, some if point you punt, Hopefully right? It doesn't yeah, you, happen. Just, you punt on it, just say, look, it didn't happen, and we tried. Right. Um, I get all that. I'm just a little surprised that we would just sit there and say, sorry, we can't do it. Now, look, this <laughs> this thing was scribbled down uh, <laughs> on a napkin or something with the cream corn stain on it, like. They're making this. They're making it up as I go. I'm not gonna cr- kill. They didn't have a plan. Nobody thought COVID was coming back with this level of. So I'll 
I'm forg- I'm fairly forgiving on like, well, we're making it up as we go. But it just seems like January 14th, like, what is that? What is that date? Right. Because look, if, if Alabama and Georgia are, or any of the matchups are there and you're waiting on the championship game and you're like, well, we'll all clear by, we, we'll just all go into quarantine and we can play on the 22nd or the 18th or February 3rd. And it doesn't have to be, you know, it's kind of the problem with the playoff is that every, they, they take themselves so seriously. Like these guys will play anywhere doesn't have to be this whole bit, although they did get rid of a lot of stuff. Uh, bowl events, now attendance is now optional. You ain't going to see a whole lot of that. Uh, teams don't have to travel five days before the game, which was always totally ridiculous. Now it's only two. News conferences are virtual. So what else? Access to the playing field is limited and different stuff like that. Um, I just the, the 14th one, I think, could become an issue because if you can sit there and say, hey, why don't we just play two weeks? If, I, if I've got a shot at a national championship, I will do that. We have seen in sports athletes willing to do almost anything to find out the, to compete at that championship level. I mean, the NBA and the NHL went into bubbles, moved away from family. And I mean, incro- think about how strict those protocols were for those two leagues. And I know those guys are getting paid, but still, it's about winning the state. They also are getting paid. They don't need to do it right. Like LeBron James doesn't need the money. He isn't, he isn't in the bubble. Because he needs the check. He's in the bubble because he wants to win. So, uh, you know, Olympics pushed back. All the different things that people went through. Um, I just, that, that's my only thing with sticking out. I mean, this we are staring down like nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. But here, like, I hope we don't, I hope we, this is just all funny. But it's, yeah. But no, there, there's, and I, I, I'm telling you, I, Indianapolis is a very busy city, even in the glum January months or weeks. And, I'm looking. You can now. find somewhere to stage this game if you're just going to do a game. Yeah. No fans. I mean, if it's Armageddon, right? Like we're sitting there on January seventh, and there's all these test positive tests. They're like, we can't have a national championship, right? It's like pull the ripcord time, and you go. Who cares whether it's in Indianapolis or you find any other? I don't care if you're in the Fargo Dome uh, on a Tuesday night in early February. Play the game, right? Yeah, yeah. Here's here's my basic prediction on this. Anyone who wants to play in a bowl game will play in the bowl game. Anyone who is motivated to play in the bowl game will will have a way and mechanism to play in their bowl game. The only people who are going to opt out of bowls are people who don't want to play. Texas A&M did not want to play in the Gator Bowl because they had a bunch of staff leave. They had a bunch of opt-outs, and they didn't want to lose to Wake Forest, which would be bad perception-wise, and they didn't want to uh, lose their recruiting momentum right now. So it's, you know, we saw it last year, Tennessee, Missouri, the the people who were spiraling and didn't really want to play just didn't play. And this is just a, an avenue to just kind of skip that step. And I just, I have a hard time imagining contingencies because people aren't going to test for COVID. I mean, to the level that will knock them out of the game if they're in control of it. And my understanding is the teams in the playoff and good on Michigan for going to get boosted, by the way, uh, as, as a team, I thought that was a cool, uh, a cool headline to see. And Alabama Saban has said their numbers are, their numbers are really good, but the teams in the playoff, it's the reason why we didn't have any, or we had one game canceled because of Berkeley's a little bit of a wacky place this year, postponed. Like with it, they're, it's just people aren't testing, which is, which is fine. That's where we are. That's how we've evolved, you know, with this, uh, with this virus. Um, but it's almost, uh, it's almost like a, an easy button to get out of a situation. I, I, I have a hard time imagining 
testing to the level to knock out a team who wants to play in a game. Yeah, but I mean, you could conceivably have an outbreak, right? I don't know. I who know. I, I kind of agree with you. I mean, look, A and M was down to thirty-eight scholarship players according to their AD, and and they had just thirteen on D. Now their problems were COVID, but it was also people had opted out, hit the portal, or were injured, right? So it wasn't just COVID. Uh, and it's really what makes these bowl games now as much fun and as good of ratings as they're all getting. It's very hard to gamble because the team that you watched all year is not the team that shows up on the field. You used to have to do motivation. Now you really got to look at the roster. Yeah, disaster to try to bet these games. I mean, good Lord. It's so bad that I'm winning our picks, okay? So that tells you. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was going to make that joke, but I thought it was too mean. Uh, so. No, true. <laughs> too mean. <laughs> When was that? <laughs> yeah. We tease Pat. I just, you know, Pat has feelings. Are you okay, like, he's just not our okay? Like, what is, what's going on here? <laughs> Too mean. Usually you don't mind running me over and then backing up back over me. So. <laughs> Literally invented yeah. a, a nickname for how bad of a picker he is. That's right. <laughs> now all of a sudden <laughs> you're, you're sensitive? I, I don't, I'm thrown off. It's the uh, Christmas spirit. <gasps> there you go. Yeah. I don't want to be the, but, I don't want to be the Grinch of this podcast. We'll <laughs> let Dan be the Grinch. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i don't know this but, is gonna be wild we don't yeah we just don't know i don't know no. uh we were gonna pick that, our bowl extravaganza three today but we're gonna wait till next week because we have absolutely <laughs> no many idea what yeah. games are we, gonna exactly we, exist we'd like to see if they're if they're going to be games and who's going to be in them yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> and college basketball like i i oh. i look i have not been on uh, I've a little checked out the last two days doing other stuff, but I, I I went on Twitter the other day. I scrolled through and it was I was just like a list of like this game's canceled, this game's canceled, this game's canceled. Everyone's trying to scramble for games. It's just like, oh Jesus, like you know, because that's really tough. I mean, you just don't have numbers. You can lose. Didn't forty year old Joe Johnson just got re signed by the NBA? Like, I mean, you know, old timers are coming back because there's no. So you're gonna keep testing. Yeah, we talked about this on the NFL. Uh, Pat and I went on Charles Robinson's uh, you pod to win the game NFL one. I'm like, you, you got to stop testing. It's like, may not be a popular sentiment or the most uh, effective whatever by medical standards, but it's like, you know, Jerry Tarkanian, you say the reason we don't have a, a, a marijuana problem on the team is we don't ask. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. No, good I mean, way that, to not know. Yeah. Well, I want to know. I, that's what I think. We, certainly, as we barrel towards the NFL playoffs, they will not let the playoffs be compromised by testing. I, I am sure of that. And oh, Patrick Mahomes could be coughing. <laughs> <laughs> he's well, he's just a cold. Just a cold. <laughs> yeah. Survival rates high. <laughs> NFL NFL does not care. No, uh, I don't know. I, I'm glad I don't. I'm not in charge of this stuff. I can just sit back and go, oh, man, let's survey this train wreck. Yeah. Um, but the idea that with the whole playoff could get canceled or the one team that doesn't get COVID, I mean, like literally just like Alabama must just put each guy in his own hotel room right now. They probably just took over a city. I guarantee all the hotel I rooms. Mean, and, <laughs> if you if you walked into they the, just took over Muscle Shoals, <laughs> they just yeah. said we're going to go to Muscle Shoals yeah, and we're, we're going to take all the hotel rooms. Going to Bur look, Birmingham's got like a thousand Marriotts. You just go in there and say, uh, we need the Marriott on 280. We need a one player in each room. They'll be like, yes, sir. We got it. No problem, sir. Yes. Take it's over. a fine Marriott. It is a fine Marriott. Been there many, many <laughs> times. Yes. Yes. No, but that, right, so, no, Pete, you brought it up and you're right. I'm glad, like, 
Michigan is boosting, but I like I am shocked that teams are like they doing have done this it two today. weeks ago. Yeah, like Wake Forest was on that right when they said when they brought everybody back for bowl prep, they all got or most of them got boosted. I, I'm just shocked that people weren't immediately doing that when their players were eligible for it. You know, early December, late November, whenever it was. I wonder if some of it is like you kind of just got to take a day off. You know what I mean? Right. Like, no. Yeah. And you have the season and then finals roll in right after that. Like you don't want to feel like crap for a day of final. I don't, I don't know. It's uh, yeah, it's good to, it's good to see it happening. And, just uh, means more. Just, just yeah. means more. That's right. Bear Bryant would align those guys up with shots every day. <laughs> 8 a.m. You get a shot. What is it? Coach? Shut up. <laughs> Junction city inoculation <laughs> line. Yeah. Just, I don't know. Shut up and stick your arm out. Bill O'Brien and Doug Marone both have tested positive for COVID. They are uh, obviously assisting coaches on the loaded Alabama coaching staff. It's nice when you got Bill O'Brien and Doug Marone, two NFL coaches just kind of kicking around. Yeah, they're they're best friends. They live in like the same apartment complex. So that kind of that kind of makes sense. Do they are they like are they roommates? Bunk beds. They're not roommates, I but I think not. they live in the same uh, they live in the same complex. Mm. Yeah. I think they have enough money to have their own their own. <laughs> I don't it'd be funny if <laughs> like they were GAs. Yeah. No. It sounds like so a like their fam- movie. families well, yeah. just didn't go to just didn't move to Tuscaloosa uh, with them. They're living they, in an they apartment. Yeah, I mean, they are they were GAs together at Georgia Tech. So they may have been um, roommates. Like way, yes. Is- yes. And they like their wives introduced them to each other. Like their wives were best friends. They were like roommates at uh roommates at BC. This is really going in the uh going in the weeds. But <laughs> no, I, whenever I, the I would concept see them at the- of these two. This is like <laughs> this is what I want to I need like a right Thompson true south on this. Oh, on the SEC <laughs> network, right? <laughs> Two middle-aged, yeah. busted-up NFL coaches <laughs> trying to wash up the image down there in Tuscaloosa, living together in a little two-bedroom, one-bath. <laughs> That's it. Bill O'Brien <laughs> is chewing on his rib at Archibald's while Doug Marone comes in and says, yeah, did you the go over the couple. film or not? Like, oh, man, we yeah. used to one be One guy's something. from the Bronx. The other guy's was born at Dorchester, Mass., <laughs> like in Boston. Yeah. Um, not yeah. really true South. <laughs> yeah. Less less than two years ago, Bill O'Brien had like a 24-0 lead on Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Sure did. Now now he's holding it down in, uh, in, in a little apartment in Tuscaloosa. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's a hard podcast to do because whatever we say could be... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. detonated by the time Sully puts it together and gets it on the site. Yeah. Yeah. By the time you hear this, uh, Cincinnati might've won the title or we might have one of those. What if there's like a, I think they should have had a succession thing. Like when the president gets assassinated and then the next guy, and the next guy, <laughs> like, is there a way we could still wait, could still win this thing or something? <laughs> sure. The Duke's Mayo bowl. Uh, did a, a video testing their uh, the dump ability of the mayo dump that mm. is going to go down. How'd that go? In, uh, that is so gross. <laughs> like, oh, I mean, that's the the viscosity could make it a hard dump. I don't know. I mean, you'd have to really viscosity. Like, <laughs> viscosity. <laughs> is that word ever been used with, with mayonnaise? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Mac Brown said he's willing to do it. He's, he, he, if he gets a win, he'd be willing to have someone hit him in the face with a frying pan. That's what he said. <laughs> Good thing he doesn't okay. coach in the TCU SMU game. That's right. Because he, he would get yeah, that big skillet. That's a good point. I mean, let's not go that far, Mac. We like you. We don't want that. <laughs> don't go that yeah. far for the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Maybe that 2005 yeah. championship game. 
but not. Sally said it would only sting, just sting a little bit. Sally said. <laughs> <laughs> Pete, Sally and I, I we, we, we've been having mayonnaise for a long time now, Sally and I. <laughs> I would take the frying pan to the face for these kids, for these kids, these boys, these young men deserve it. They, they, they've worked so hard. They've worked so hard to get here. Sally, Sally says it's a little fattening, but that, 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 that's all right. You know, sometimes it needs to stay warm here in these Carolina winters. I've watched, watched Mac eat chicken fried steak. He ain't afraid of fattening. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> We've really gone some, down some bizarre rabbit holes on this podcast. <laughs> what happens when your whole podcast plan gets blown up by COVID? Right. I don't yeah. know. We, we did have a plan about? coming into this. There literally was. <laughs> yeah. Now this is like Army throwing the ball 50 times here. We're totally off the rails. We will continue to podcast as we did through the original COVID scares because we're all separated. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so what are you guys going to do for these games now? Are you just going to go in the day off? I mean, that's a great question. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I think I'm going to wait for my superiors to tell me not to go to Miami for five days because I'd kind of like to go to Miami <laughs> for five days. If they say not to, I will I will exceed. But until then, you're going to go for five days and do everything virtual. I skipped the Super Bowl. Mm. We, I covered the Super Bowl virtually last year. It's not great. Yeah. Not ideal. No. If I stayed home, I can go to the Fenway Bowl. <laughs> yeah, there you Ooh, go. now we're talking. <laughs> Lay the groundwork for my retirement job. That's it. See if Kate can wire me up a nice green blazer. I'll just rock it in the press box to like plant plant the seeds of possibility. <laughs> All right. Well, let's say these games, these these semis. Let's do a let's do a, a early semis look. Okay. Why not? We yeah. got nothing else to talk about. No. So semifinal one. They call it the Cotton Bowl. I, it's the Cotton Bowl. It's not the Cotton Bowl. And not even played in the Cotton Bowl, but played over by the Walmart, Arlington Walmart. Cincinnati versus Alabama, 3.30 on uh, New Year's Eve. Great, convenient time for everybody. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Can we move them now if all the other bowls get canceled? Can we just put the damn thing on New Year's Day well, now? That's the thing, you know? No, we can't, Dan. It's been decided. They're going to reshape New Year's Eve. New paradigm. New Year's afternoon. I mean, if they spent left, if there was a competency, more time on competency, less time on grifting. This would probably work a lot better, but anyway, it's currently Bama's 13 and a half. That has stayed below the two touchdown. I thought that would get up to three scores, like 14 and a half to 15. Has not. 80% of the bets and money are on Bama, though. What are your thoughts on this game now that that's settled at all? Is it any, anything changed from the last time uh, we talked about it, which was when it first came out? Also, the weird so thing So I'm going to go this, first. Also, the weird I'm thing about this first. sport is it was announced two weeks ago, and we still got two weeks to go. So there's that, too. But go ahead. I have talked myself into Cincinnati being able to win this game. I'm not win. saying they're going to. Oh, win. Whoa. Not just cover, but, like, but win. Like, there's, yeah. All right. There's, like a, there's a path to victory here <laughs> is all I'm saying. And I have not yet quizzed Make all the Make sure you're recording this, Sully. Make they sure may, yes, record. yes. When they lose forty-two to three, Sully, we can play this on a loop. What is that path? <laughs> probably be closer than most of my bull picks already. Here, this is this is the this is the path to victory thesis on how Cincinnati can win this game. Alabama is not as you're you're never as good as your best game and or as bad as your worst game, right? So Alabama 
is a very good team. If this was 2020 Alabama, they would win by, you know, they would beat, they would beat Cincinnati just like they beat everyone else. I feel like with their secondary being banged up, and I feel like with Jamison Williams being the only really high-end receiver that they have because of the injury to John Mechie, there's a chance for Alabama's offense, which suddenly became explosive against Georgia, but it had been fits and starts, somewhat mid-lane, battle line all year. Like, there's a chance for Cincinnati to hold them in the 20s. I, I think that's, like, where this starts. If Sauce Gardner and Kobe Bryant, their two All-American corners, limit the passing game and they can stack the box a little bit, and, like, Alabama's O-line is pedestrian and their tailback is averages grits per Alabama tailbacks, Okay. If Cincinnati can clog up the middle with the outside being taken care of some and not give Bryce Young the chance to dance and move, I, I just think like their offense is not going to be as good as it was against Georgia. And so I feel like Cincinnati's defense, they have heavy backers. They Physically, they, they're not going to get mauled by that Alabama offensive line. The Alabama offensive line didn't get good against Georgia. From the coaches I've talked to, Georgia really had a terrible defensive game plan and basically thought they didn't have to send any extra rushers. Now, Auburn sent the kitchen sink. And credit Derek Mason, who's one of the best game plans in college football this year. They were hitting them from all angles, pressuring them, moving. Georgia's game plan in the SEC title game was a game plan of arrogance. We are good enough where we can maul your mediocre offensive line and get to the quarterback without having to send extra rushers. And that gave Bryce Young the time to, to do what he did. He was magical, right? Absolutely magical. So I feel like Cincinnati can at least control slash slow Alabama down. And then offensively, so again, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna play Pat Forty in the podcast and argue with myself a little bit here. The argument against Cincinnati is a very simple one. Their offensive line is a mediocre AAC offensive line, all right? Will Anderson could well have one of his, like, five TFL days. I do like the fact that Cincinnati's tackles are pedestrian, but they do have two excellent tight ends who, and they're going to be, they could live in 12 personnel the whole game. And I feel like if they bunch it up and can hold together up front, Desmond Ritter is going to figure out a way to move the ball. Alec Pierce is one of, one of the breakout stars of the of the season. I feel like they they have enough punch. Jerome Ford, former Alabama tailback, is a very good player. They, there's a way they could win this game 21-20. Am I saying that's going to happen? No. But And look, they could lose 41-3. I want to be very clear. That option's, that option's still on the table. But I think Cincinnati is going to be able to hang and swing with Alabama. And it's not a ridiculous notion to me because Auburn did such. Arkansas did as such. A&M obviously beat them. And there was one other LSU pretty. LSU. Yeah, LSU. Yeah. Like those are pretty pedestrian teams. So, again, there's Saban and the month prep and get it. But I just want to get it out there. I think Cincinnati can win this football game. So tape and mock later. <laughs> I, uh, I'm with you on one side of the ball. I mean, I do think Cincinnati's defense can keep this competitive. Um, the, the one X factor there is. It's just Bryce Young running around, whether it's scrambling or whether it's just buying time and making plays. Uh, the other side, I think I think Cincinnati's offense is going to be up against it. I really do. I think I just go to that offensive line and and you must block Will Anderson. And you can go twelve personnel. I don't know whether you're blocking Will Anderson anyway. Uh, that's a problem. And then you know, can you just hold up well enough to run the ball and then well enough to keep them off of 
uh, Desmond Ritter's back. And that's where I, I can see Alabama scoring in the twenties, but I can also see Cincinnati scoring in the teens. I, 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 I can see Cincinnati covering the spread. I can't find a way for them to get enough points to win the game unless Alabama turns the ball over, which, you know, the, those things happen. But if if everybody plays a relatively clean game, uh, I, I don't think they can get there. Yeah, uh, I'm going to pick Cincinnati to cover. Like we're going to we're going to break this down more and talk it, about it. Alabama, Alabama is scary because we just watched them against Auburn, which is not a great team. And they had three points with 59 minutes into the game. And then they look like they look great against Georgia. They did this all season. So there's certainly that possibility. I just wonder about the depth and in and, and a motivated, fired up Alabama, all guns a blazing, rested up, not overlooking. Yeah. And with the, the ability, month to prepare where we've seen Saban just destroy almost everyone in those semifinals. That's the thing. And you just are running defensive linemen in and in and in and in and in by the end of this game. Can they keep it close? Is there a chance? Sure. I, I got a hard time picking Cincinnati to win this game. But excellent. Good discussion point by Pete. He yeah. makes it more um, more thing. All right. The other one, Georgia. Yeah, it'd be a lot less fun if it's like Todd Big. <laughs> I mean, we appreciate it because this would have been a boring discussion. Absolutely. Like, yeah, Bama's going to kill them. Yeah. yeah. Now, I'll leave with this point on Cincinnati. They're probably going to have nine players drafted. Yeah. No, like, I mean, they've got players. That's they, they could have more players drafted than Ohio State. No, I'm not saying their roster's better. But they've they got like an old QB. Seniors. No, yes. yeah. Yes. And, and they've got they've got some key guys at the right position. Sauce is a good player, and that hell you gotta have one, right? Yeah. I don't if know. If they win or are close, Desmond Ritter needs to have hundred yards rushing. That would be like the thing to watch. Like running the quarterback is the great equalizer. They ran him some this year, but I think you have to almost run him a lot. I think that has to be one of the ways that you equalize this uh, th- this football game is is Ritter's really got to do some stuff with his legs. Some of it freelanced, some of it uh, scripted. But I, I just think they're do you, do you know do they play boundary corner, field corner with Sauce and Bryant, or do they play left corner, right corner? Do you know? So what happened with Sauce this year? I actually know way too much about this. This is this is a mistake because I'll get mocked <laughs> for the depth of this answer. So I was there week two. Uh, for that Indiana game, so, and I sat in the defensive staff room the whole week, and I learned a lot about uh, I learned a lot about this stuff. So they do play boundary corner, field corner, but the problem was <laughs> everyone was just ran their worst. Like Murray State has a, a a lot of a tight end who has like Sully's athleticism, right? <laughs> and if his mom's listening to his podcast, I apologize. So they would just everyone just run their worst corner out to Sauce to eliminate him from the field. That's one of the reasons why Kobe Bryant won the Thorpe because he got so much action. Right. Because he would go, he would go opposite that. So they had to like rejigger their defense. So at least on third downs, that that Sauce got in the action more because he was getting a little frustrated. But also, like they're not using their best weapon. Right. So right. there's a value in half the field getting cut off. So he would obviously go to the uh, he would go to the boundary because statistically people throw the boundary more, which is something that people probably knew, but they that. Mike Trussell, God bless him, very patiently explained all this to me one uh, one day. And the, the uses of sauce and the evolution of the usage of sauce. So you would hope and think that sauce gets mashed up with Jameson Williams. That is like, right. uh, I mean, right. both those guys are top 20 picks in the yeah. uh, in, in the NFL draft. And, uh, I you know, that would be that would be very exciting. But I just think and man, I mean, after. After Jamison Williams, look, who's great. That may have been the most athletic play of the college football season, how he ran away from the Georgia defense Oof. 
on that uh, on that crossing pattern. I mean, I stood up in my chair like he was. It was such a like it was just such a electric moment. It was unbelievable. All right, so the other one, Georgia, Michigan, seven thirty on New Year's Eve. Georgia is still a seven and a half point favorite. The over under is just forty five and a half. So they're not predicting a big score, and they still got Georgia by more than a touchdown. The the bets at BetMGM right now, 80% of the bets and money are on Michigan. This is the intriguing because, to me, Michigan is the team that enters this thing, the the steadiest uh, body of work, the you know that they've had. I mean, there was it was it was close against uh, Rutgers, right? Like there was that, but like other than that, this year, you know, it was a dogfight at at Nebraska, but that happened a lot and it was on the road at night, you know, pretty, pretty reasonable. Everything else, Michigan's just been really steady. You know what you're getting from Michigan. Their one loss is that Michigan State, they, which, you know, we've said all along, we, no one's really sure how they lost the game. And Kenneth Walker the third is one reason, <laughs> five touchdowns. But other than that, like Michigan is super steady. You kind of know what you're getting from them. They're going to run the ball. They're going to get pretty good quarterback play, protect the ball that way. You're going to get a great defensive line. You're going to get a secondary. It doesn't get beat deep. Uh, and here you are. Maybe it doesn't the most exciting team of all time, but it's pretty steady. Georgia was really steady until they weren't. And so it's what Georgia team shows up because they got exposed against Alabama. But can Michigan do that? Um, but certainly Vegas is expecting uh, Georgia to handle this fine. Uh, the fans, not so much. The betters, not so much. Pat, what do you think of, uh, of Georgia, Michigan at this point? Fascinating game. Great game. I expect, you know, depending on where COVID takes us, I expect a big, like, fan advantage for Michigan because I think the fans are so fired up for this game. I, I think they're coming in droves to South Florida. You're right that they have been super consistent. They've, they've had a great season period. The one game they lost, which you and I were there, they could have easily won uh, if a play here or play there goes differently. But Georgia, as you said, Georgia was that team and then some until the Alabama, the the annual or whenever they play Alabama when Georgia just always falls apart. I think this all comes down, Dan, to this is line of scrimmage game, particularly the Joe Moore award-winning number one offensive line in the country for Michigan against the, by acclamation, number one defensive line in the country, Georgia. So strength on strength right there. Michigan has to be able to control the line, whether it's running the ball or whether it's protecting Cade McNamara to throw and take some downfield shots. If Georgia blows up the line of scrimmage, long day for the Wolverines. So I I, I don't know how that's going to play out, but I think that's the matchup that, that we all need to watch. I'm a little surprised the spread has stayed that high. I, I would not be surprised if this is a field goal game when it comes down to it. You know, I, I think Georgia is better, but... Not by a lot. I mean, the way Michigan has come on in this season and their ability to to move the ball on anybody, basically. I mean, putting up 40 points, 40 points, 40 points to end the season, really impressive. Uh, but Georgia, we'll see. Again, We, how long do they stay with Stetson Bennett? JT Daniels, you know, right there with the quick hook. Uh, are you playing mix and match back and forth? I think... There's a decent chance Georgia can run the ball on Michigan. You know, I, I, I'm not saying they're going to run wild, but I think they can. I pointed this out in previous podcasts uh, from the SEC championship game. If Alabama didn't tackle phenomenally well at the second and third levels, 
Georgia could have run for 200 yards, I think, again, in that SEC championship game, but they did. But there were holes. There were big holes. That's a good offensive line for the Bulldogs. And if you've got Russians that are coming upfield full steam all the time in Aiden Hutchinson and David Ojabo, if you hit them with some draws and some delays, you can run underneath those guys. I think there's a chance to have a productive running game there. But again, fascinating game. Can't wait to see it. Uh, and I think it's going to be very close. Real quick, JT Daniels has tested positive for COVID. If Stetson Bennett is struggling or if he gets banged up at all, you know, you're down to, uh, who's the kid, Beck? I think that's Carson Beck. Is there? Yeah, like if third, it gets down to know? Carson Beck, it's over. Okay. I mean, yeah. Like, I mean, the <laughs> dr- no. That's like like Hutchinson's gonna be like Carson Beck kicked Pat's dog today. Clearly, <laughs> Carson Beck just gets Hutchinson's gonna be like one of those bulls at the uh, the bull at yeah, the rodeo, just like bucket like give me I'm after this guy. Holy crap! Um, I'll, I, I he probably is gonna be able to play. I mean, he's, and that's these do we don't know, like do we know mood. what day they tested positive? Where they? Yeah, it's like the, a mood ring. You know, yeah, it's yeah. like we yeah, 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 maybe. Yeah, I positive. started getting symptoms the day before. Ten days yeah, would allow right. me to be able to <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. I, I swear. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be a problem. You know, and hopefully he's fine. But there is you know, like you may not get to practice. I mean, there's just these little variables. What if you don't get to practice? What if you what if you actually have some symptoms? Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, the young these kids don't tend to get particularly sick, which is great, but you just don't know. So this is where we're at. Who knows? Just wanted to add that. But that that could be, I mean, if JT Daniels is not available as the backup. There's even more pressure on Stetson Bennett. Oh, there's a lot of pressure on Stetson Bennett. All right, Pete. You know, I I agree with Pat. Fascinating game. I in analyzing Georgia, I just don't want to be too biased from what we saw in the last sample, right? Like that that Alabama game to me is an anomaly and it is not indicative of who Georgia is. Simply put, that was like a one-man transcendent virtuoso Bryce Young performance. And I just don't see Michigan having that type of maestro to orchestrate that performance. Um, I mean, it was downfield shots that really won them that game, right? And it was improvisation and, you know, just that was one of the best individually quarterbacked games that I've ever covered in my career. And so, in and look, they destroyed them. There, there, there's no other way to say it. They just absolutely mauled them. And in, in a lot of ways, just this is a Georgia team. They could have 17 guys drafted. It's strength on strength. And I really feel like Georgia's strength is better than Michigan's strength. Now, I've been wrong about Michigan all year, so I want to be really clear about this. Like, eventually, I feel like I'm, I'm due to be right. And it, and again, I, I started, I picked them some late in the year when they did establish this clear identity. And I mean, they are basically 2010 Stanford, and they are just going to line up and and run you over. Except they don't have Andrew Luck; they have Cade McNamara, who is. Perfectly fine. Luck might not have been there in 10. But th- this is like the Toby Gerhardt era Stanford teams with uh, when, when Harbaugh was uh, when Harbaugh was in charge. Uh, yeah, I don't think Georgia's going to win this game 42 to nothing. But I think Georgia's strength is going to eventually be able to impose the will on uh, on Michigan's strength. It, it's an interesting game because it's almost like which quarterback messes up less is going to really lead to victory. Like, we're already certain that no team is going to be, like, quarterback-driven to victory. And I just think 1-40, to Georgia has more talent, and that's going to shine. If Georgia has any weakness, they've shown some vulnerabilities in the back end. 
And I just think Michigan has no chance to exploit that. Like they don't have anyone in the neighborhood of Jamison Williams or Mechie at the receiver position. They have some nice young receivers. It's a good little core. They've they've overachieved this year. Uh, but I just don't see uh, I don't see that happening. I remain uh, skeptical of Stetson Bennett and whether he is the weak link and if uh, Michigan can exploit that. And we will see. Uh, I don't know. You can win a national championship without a great quarterback, but uh, it you'd rather not. And uh, I just don't know. You know, I don't I don't like picking on the college players, but this is where we're at when you get to this this level. So that's going to be my big storyline uh, heading into uh, some different stuff. Uh, all right. So I got to go three and out in your Georgia, your first four possessions. Do you put in JT Daniels if he's, you know, I mean, that's, clear? I, I think you absolutely give him a possession early if, if that's the case. I, I think the, they haven't you played yeah. him in months. I mean, like he they didn't. That doesn't matter. They, they barely used him. I right. know. But like, remember, Pat, remember we were and Harbaugh got criticized for this, for using yes. uh, uh, J.J. McCarthy, the freshman, their freshman five star quarterback. And he had a key fumble in a play against Michigan State, and it, it could have been the play. And, you know, there were all these plays at Michigan State. If one play doesn't go, Michigan wins the game. But all year, he used McCarthy, and you used two quarterbacks. So you're both quarterbacks are A, ready, and B, they're not transferring, presumably. Right, right. Like, I just think that's part of the game now. It's not just, can I win this week? It's like, I, I can't risk i have two i can't risk losing one of these guys they both have a, a, a now we'll see maybe they hit the portal i don't i have no idea uh but why didn't you use why didn't there were so many games where they could have brought daniel like does he just not think daniels is any good god i don't get it i just i don't get what georgia did at, Q, at qb this year i well i mean i don't either other than the fact that like bennett played well so you you get you roll with Bennett, and then all of a sudden it's too late, basically against. But I mean, Stetson Bennett had a very, very good season until the Alabama game, and then he was not very good there. Uh, and you know, the, the the one problem with the modern setup in college football is nobody tells you anything, so we don't know whether JT Daniels was healthy. We don't know how he practiced. You know, nobody sees that. Nobody answers any questions about health, so we just don't know for sure where JT Daniels was in terms of his ability to play. I guess he played a little against Mizzou. Yeah, a little big. November 6th. Georgia Tech or something or not? No, Charleston Charleston Southern. Southern. Yeah. Um, And then he played early on uh, Clemson and South Carolina and then he and Vanderbilt, but then he was hurt. I don't know. He's had one of the strangest careers of any quarterback. Extremely strange. Really weird. It's just bizarre. Yeah. Like it's just been one giant enigma. Oh, maybe he's not any good. I don't, I don't know, but just, I mean, it's, this is it. We'll see. We'll see. It's all in on, on this. All right. I got a question about this. Uh, Look, you know, uh, everyone's the holidays. Everyone's looking for extra money. You might want to pick up a side job. I've got a side job that, that came up for us. Oh, for us, Uh, for the pod, for for possibly for possibly. Okay. Uh, It's called a ham sniffer, a ham sniffer. (laughs) (laughs) These guys in Jabugo, Spain, uh, this is per the Wall Street Journal. This is like legit. <laughs> the company is called Cinco Jotas. It is uh, they they uh, smoke uh, chorizo, and different hams of a. Uh, 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 it sounds absolutely phenomenal, uh, and then cure the ham in a cellar, the yep. climate controlled cellar. And so uh, 
they have six six people whose job is to come in to the room where all the hams are curating or getting cured, are curating. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know that much about the ham industry. You need to study surprised. up on the ham industry, will you? Ah, I don't really like ham that much. But anyway, the ham, uh, you, you poke the ham four spots, uh, the hawk next to the hip bone, twice around the joint of the hip and the femur, if you're ever wondering. Um, don't say we don't teach you stuff on this. <laughs> and then you smell to see if the, the, the scent comes out and then the ham is ready. Okay. So that's the job. You sniff the ham. <laughs> it's paid handsomely if you're good at it. And this guy, Manuel Vega Dominguez, 53, he is the, he's the Michael Jordan of ham sniffers. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> Who would be the best ham sniffer of the four of us? Well, that was, you got it. That was going to be my question. But well, hold on, let me get to it now. Cause this guy needs help. In February, like the low season, he, he'll sniff 200 hams a day. But now, because everyone's trying to get the ham, and I guess it's become a big thing in, in the Chinese holidays, too, in November, uh, ham has taken over as the preferred thing. So there's a huge market. He, uh, he's handling 800 hams a day, and you have to sniff four times on each ham. <laughs> so 3,200 sniffs <laughs> of ham. That's a lot of sniffs. Okay, that's a lot of sniffs. <laughs> If you want to know how serious this is, Manuel Vega Dominguez said he is strained. He said he is, quote, at the, wait, wait, it gets better. At the limit of human possibility. He's starting to have to take, he's sniffing so much, he's taking 10 minute breaks every two hours. And if demand increases, I will find a way to sniff 801 hams. Perhaps 802 is possible. <laughs> What's he do to keep his nostrils clear? I mean, those are important nostrils. Very important. Yeah. Man, yeah. can you imagine if you caught COVID? You could have efficient sniffs. Oh, my, if you catch yeah. COVID, you're, you're, you're unemployed it. Floyd, he's, man. He's, he's taking breaks. Yeah, COVID wouldn't be good. When a, when a normal person smells a bad smell, it is just bad. For me, I know exactly how bad it is. <laughs> Uh, actually, this is another woman, Sanchez, Ms. Sanchez Blanco, I guess. She is so apparent. I don't know. I don't know. It can take up to an hour to do the sniffers, but he gets it done in 10 minutes. Uh, if you doubt yourself, you cannot do this work. <laughs> you must have self-confidence to be a ham sniffer. He said tapping his chest to indicate indicate gut decision. Mm. If you doubt one, you have to doubt all of them. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> so he needs help. Uh, this could be lucrative. I'm guessing it is. Who? So as Pete as Pete asked, who on this podcast would be the best ham sniffer? I mean, duh, it's me. I mean, <laughs> yeah. First of all, look at the nose, right? I mean, I've got. Yeah, that's hard to fight the beak. I've got yeah, the. I've good. got this the. It's not an elaborate plot to make fun of the size of your nose. <laughs> no, I, I, I really <laughs> wasn't. No. It's fine. It's only been happening since I was nine, so it's these are old jokes. <laughs> uh, the, uh, no, this. I, so I've got the I've got the natural gift, and then I also <laughs> am not only a big fan of ham, but when we were in Tokyo and I was eating every dinner at eleven p.m. from the Seven Eleven next door, the thing I ate every night was jamón ibérico. 
the Spanish uh, Iberian Peninsula cured ham slices. So I know what I'm talking about. I ate like 5,000 of those damn ham slices. Jamón Iberico, going to give you a little background here, <laughs> fed by <laughs> pigs, fed by acorns. <laughs> That like this, this is these hams cost like fourteen hundred dollars. Not the ones at Seven Eleven in Tokyo, but like these are the most expensive <laughs> hams in the world. The best ham in the world is this acorn-fed pigs from Spain and Portugal. So I what you got something against an American ham? You yes, saying American is good as raise a pig, but it's good as the Spanish. And what kind of Belgian beer is better than Bush Light? Iberian ham is better than American ham. I'm sorry. <laughs> Mm, fighting words. Wow. Oh, wow. This just took some unexpected turns. <laughs> you didn't have ham, to bad ham, ham, ham taste. I'm going to stand up to the American hog farmer. Okay. Our ham is just as good as anybody else's. But I ain't going to lose all our Iowa listeners. They don't, they don't have southern salt cured ham over there in Spain. That's all I got to say. Well, we'll see. I don't Next know, thing man. you're going to rip punting, too, and we're going to have no <laughs> listeners in Iowa. <laughs> All right, I, I got more. I, I, I'm, I, I can't argue with that. Pat probably is the best yeah. ham sniffer. Although, I was going to vote for Sully, but Pat gave a Sully, good convincing argument. Sully would be more of like the fast food taster. Like you you cannot sneak a chicken sandwich by them. He'll know exactly yeah. whether yes. it's no. Sully, KFC, Popeyes. Mm-hmm. You can Sully blind can be taste the chicken test. sandwich uh, arbiter. Yeah. I'll take the ham. Yeah. Uh, all right, we also have this. Chicken wars have quieted down, by the way. They have. Uh, they've just sort of settled in. Cease Taco fire. Bell is, uh, is bringing fried chicken, not a chicken sandwich, but fried chicken to their 24-hour menus. So that, that, that's, their, that's the recent update there. Huh. Stoner's Delight. Taco Bell yep. for fried chicken. 1 a.m. Okay. fried chicken right. on the menu. All right. More to the party. More to the party. Um, we also have this guy, McRoberts Williams. That's his name. Seems like his name should be Williams William McRoberts, but his name is McRoberts Williams, 44. He's in Delaware. Uh, he is accused of holding up a Delaware Wells Fargo bank. Uh, he walked in, slipped a note to the teller demanding cash at 11.20 a.m. on a Saturday in Wilmington. Uh, the bank teller complied, gave the suspect an undisclosed amount of cash per the police in a statement. Suspect fed the bank on foot. The problem was, oh, yeah, he, he was only given... I think it was 1500 bucks. Uh, so the, the bank robbing is not really good. But the problem was once outside the bank, he went to the ATM on the side of the building and deposited the money into his account. <laughs> Criminal mastermind, clearly. So let's people's court this. Should we just put him away forever because he's too stupid to walk amongst us? Or do you have sympathy that the poor guy was just probably trying to make sure his bills got paid? <laughs> Well, wrong podcast justice, for sympathy. <laughs> justice 40. <laughs> Ham sniffer, what do you think? Uh, nah, lock him up. I mean, that, that's stupid. I, like, and and I, I'm all for like, yes, when I get checks, I deposit them as quickly as I can because I figure I'm going to lose them or, you know, misplace your money. Do you money still go whatever. to the bank to deposit checks? Went to the bank today. Absolutely. You can do that on your phone, you know. Thank you. I was not aware. Yeah, of course I knew. Oh, he only had. A, <laughs> I have always said he only had a hundred and fifty bucks. He only had a hundred and fifty bucks. That's how much he robbed the bank for. That's it. They'll definitely lock him up. He's criminally stupid. What a crap ass bank is this? <laughs> crap ass bank robber for a crap ass bank. Yeah. 
low ambition, yeah. <laughs> low plan, low execution. I mean, if it's one, if it's 150 bucks, you don't need to deposit it. That you put in your pocket. Yeah, I thought it was like a cumbersome amount. Yeah, but yeah, that's, uh, did he get it in once? I don't know. <laughs> I got quarters. Quarters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Put them in. <laughs> uh, after he was apprehended, McRoberts Williams told the police that he had traveled to Delaware by, quote, riding on the exterior of a cargo train. <laughs> okay. It's kind of the Wells Fargo thing, though, right? Weren't that, that they have like sure. that? They were the stagecoach like back schooner. in the day, you know? Yeah, yeah. stagecoach. Yeah. Uh, and quote, his mind is currently being controlled by a third party via an implant some- located somewhere in his body. Oh, boy. That's so, yeah. yeah. So, all right. Sad story. Sorry to make fun of this guy. All right. I'm feeling good about myself. <laughs> good decisions. It's Christmas. Say something nice. <laughs> Let him out. 150. Yeah. He's got a $6,000 bond for stealing 150 bucks. <laughs> That's a bad ROI right there. Yeah, not very good. Not very good. Yeah. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Hopefully we have some games. Uh, hopefully we have all the games. If the games don't get played, they 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 find two other teams to play. I don't know. <laughs> not really all that. I've been more confident in life. <laughs> I did like it like it at the end of uh, Bowl Extravaganza 1 where you which, which bowl was it you just declared you did not care? I did not care. East and Carolina, now, BC. East Carolina, But I BC. do care. I do <laughs> care. I've learned to care. Okay. And I want Good. that game played. <laughs> and I want all the games played. You know, I was getting cocky. I, that's the thing. That's it. See, then they start re- taking it away and you realize it's all fragile. Absolutely. All right. Hope everyone has a good weekend. We'll be back next week uh, with, with who knows the latest is. And uh, Bowl Extravaganza 3. We will do the other January 1st games and other straggler bowls and uh more on the on the semifinals uh hope everyone has a good weekend talk to happy 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 holiday everybody yeah thanks everybody for listening we appreciate you